And uh, during that three years, that's when the the lecturers who had infinite patience and you know and, and belief in us planted a seed that over time sprouted into the enthusiasm and the love for photography that I that I try and share with the community these days. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today, folks, oh, my Lord, today we are going to talk with one of the most popular and therefore one of the most influential voices in photography today. We're talking with Alex Kilby. Alex runs the Photographic Eye, a tremendously important um, and entertaining and insightful YouTube channel. He has at the moment, checked just this morning, over 156,000 subscribers. Subscribers. There's 219 videos just on this one channel alone, and every single one of them is entertaining and insightful and the kind of stuff that you really don't get anywhere else on the web these days. These are not videos about you know best lens choices or how to you know do a setting in your camera. These are the kind of conversations, and, and they are conversations, frankly, that you get late at night with a group of people who who actually, you know, know their stuff and they want to get into the intangibles. They want to get into the stuff and, and the stories and the ideas and the ethics um, that make us all want to be photographers. I'm a subscriber. I got turned on to this a while ago. And I got to tell you, the photographic eye and Alex's work um, is really, really special. Alex is no stranger to photography. He it went to photography school. He won a Portrait Photographer of the Year award. He's got his own business in, in portrait photography, but there's some other cool stuff hanging in the background as well. There's a musical theater background. There, there's some volunteering for the scouts. Uh, I mean, th this, this is a man who has really embraced all sorts of stuff and is bringing it into his trademark enthusiasm for photography. Alex, how you doing today? Welcome to the podcast. How's it, how's it, Scott? Thank you ever so much for having me here. It's it's awesome. A lovely thing. You've dredged up <laughs> many bits of my past in the scouting and the musical theater and, <laughs> and things. Um, and um, and it, it's wonderful to see how how people are are so you know positive about the channel. Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons that people are popular or positive about the channel is because you are insistent. There's one exception. There's you are insistently positive and enthusiastic and, you know, come on kids, let's go about photography. I, I don't know of anybody who's got the kind of enthusiasm leaping through the screen that you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, and we'll talk. We'll talk about the, the one exception too, because I mean, you've got a fairly sad, if not angry, or or you know, in, indictment of something that just happened in the photographic world, and it's a it, you know, and, and it's amazing how the enthusiasm gives you the authority to not be enthusiastic or to be enthusiastically upset. Let's put it that way. But <laughs> I, I like that. I'm going to co-op that phrase, enthusiastically upset. Yeah, that, that um, uh, yeah, probably, but maybe in future years, this will be all ancient history. But yeah, that, that episode with, with DP Review, 
it has it, it brought everything into focus about why I, I believe it's important that, that people share their knowledge because it isn't readily available. No. And I thought we're going to get to the, the bit about DP review and many, many, many of the other videos in just a second. But tell us the life story, man. I mean, you know, you did go to photography school. So this isn't something that just, you know, occurred to you, you know, six months ago. But you, like, you've got a geographically interesting history. You've got an artistically interesting uh, history. So, you know, tell me, you know, in, in, 15 words or less. No. Elevator pitch. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no. Tell, do, do tell us all, how did photography come into your, you know, the arts in general and how did photography come into your life? Um, my, my first introduction to photography was, was through my maternal grandfather. He was, he was very keen on, on, he was, he was the, he was the consummate amateur. You know, mm-hmm. he, was, he was part of a camera club. There's, I have a photograph of, of me that he took when I was three. He was, so that was my first introduction that he would sit there and take photographs. He had the, we used to go and visit him in Glasgow because he was Scottish and we lived down in England. Uh, and he was the sort of guy, you know, has the dark room under the stairs uh-huh. kind of arrangement. Uh, and my dad was quite keen on photography as well, not to the same extent, but when my grandfather passed away, my dad sold most of my, my my grandfather's stuff and bought himself a Canon A1 with a 28 mil lens and a 50 mil and a 7210 macro F4 zoom. Uh, <laughs> and, and really kind of, yeah, and I was at that age then where I was sort of like going, okay, tell me more about this. Tell me about what you're doing and, and how this all kind of works. And, and dad was very, you know, he was very open. He was very keen to share with me. He's one, he's an explainer kind of guy. Okay. Um, you know, so, so I, I got some introduction to photography and, you know, I, I took some pictures and I didn't really think too much about it. It wasn't like love at first sight kind of thing. It wasn't like, I, oh, I, this is what I want to spend my life doing. I was interested in it in a way that was kind of, it wasn't superficial, but it wasn't full on. It wasn't all consuming. And then we moved to South Africa and at the same, at, at that period, conscription was still going. So when you turned... 16, you started getting invitations to go and visit the army for two years. Uh, and I wasn't awfully keen on that party. Um, but one of the options to get out of that was to go to university, some sort of tertiary education for you know, full-time tertiary education. So you could, you could um, postpone conscription. Uh, and I looked around and I went, well, I'm, my marks are not good enough. I wanted to be an architect um, uh, when I was at school younger. And I went, my marks are not, I was appalling in maths. So I looked around and went, what can I do? And photog- there was a Pretoria Technicon. Uh, they went, oh, there's a photography school. And you don't need any marks. You don't need any specific subjects. Uh, in the Southern schooling system, you have to take various subjects through to, to when you leave school. And I went, right. okay, cool. I'll try photography. That's it because I'm kind of interested in it and, and it mm-hmm. ticks some boxes. So I... I did the application. I muddled through the interviews and to my surprise, they said, um, you know, on the 15th of January or whenever it is, I think this must be 1992, come and, come and join us. Uh, we'd like to have you. Um, so that was kind of my introduction to formal photography. And at the time it wasn't anything more than just like it was a way out of the army. Right. And, and during that three years, that's when the the lecturers who had infinite patience and 
you know, and, and belief in us planted a seed that over time sprouted into the enthusiasm and the love for photography that I, that I try and share with the community these days. Well, I mean, that, that leads me to a couple questions. Um, and, and the first one is, okay, what, was there a teacher there that was a particular sort of stylistic mentor? Because your approach to the YouTube channel is very much in the school of the best teachers. It's casual, it's enthusiastic, but it, but it's also really careful in its, its notion of explaining. So, I mean, beyond just the, you know, this is how you compose a photograph, was there a teacher there that inspired you? I, I have to give a big shout out to, uh, to Harold Carlson. Who, okay. uh, who now who now lives in Sweden, and he may hear this. You never know. Uh, but, but Harry, yeah, he he was he, he was slightly difficult with me, but because <laughs> um, I, I was I was also poster child for like the worst student ever. You know, if, they, if, they're, if, they're, if you look up art student in the dictionary, there's a picture of me. Well, in fact, there isn't a picture of me because I couldn't be bothered to get to the photo shoot. Um, you know, but but Harold. Although at the time we kind of butted heads because I was full of myself and you know this kind of know-it-all teenager sort of thing, mm-hmm. he 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 kind of he planted that. I, I keep coming to the metaphor of planting a seed, but he did. He 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 was sitting there and they shared photography with us. It's hard to kind of describe the environment because it was like, yes, obviously there's lectures and you talk about specific things. We talked about theory and this is all film. So we'd have to, you know, do exams where you would, you would have to name the various parts of the film base, you know, like film base and the emulsion. Right. Um, you know, you'd have to put color temperatures according to various trials. So there was lots of technical stuff, but there was also the, just the, the atmosphere of photography that, that people would go, Oh, do you know, here's videos of, of, of people, they would get introduced to people like Larry Burroughs and and Panorama BBC Panorama videos uh, of, of of young David Bailey's and, and stuff. So that kind of planted in me an enthusiasm for the, the the broader picture of photography. It was like all of a sudden there were like avenues to explore that I had never ever considered because you know, up to that point, my exposure to photography had been reading like amateur photographer magazine. And that, that was kind of, it's obviously, this is also prior to the internet. So that was kind of one aspect, but there's another thing I wanted to touch upon is like, also because of my scouting background, <laughs> this, this has helped me, you know, you mentioned about the explaining point, mm-hmm. trying to explain points and ideas to 10 and 12 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Um, so I've, I've discovered it, it's like what's happening on the channel on, on the photographic eye is a happy collision of all the things that have been part of my life. You know, my dad being an explainer with the scouts, with mm-hmm. you know, Harry and, and, and Voldemort and Flip and all those guys at, at Pretoria Tech. You know, it all seems to have come together. In, in such a wonderful way. And, and that's probably, I, I hope, why people seem to, yeah, like I said, respond really positively because I'm, I'm discovering a love for photography that for a long time actually was waning away. 
Oh my! You know, you, you, I, I agree a thousand percent that everything in our lives informs the photographic part of our lives. Mm. Um, you know, everything from grocery store shopping to tying your shoe—it doesn't matter. You know, it, it informs how we see the world. And I, I'm still, you know, really um, engaged by by one other aspect of your life because it's an element from you know past lives that we share, both before Pretoria Tech and during and after you were a stage manager for musical theater. <laughs> it, 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 tell, me, tell me what that life was about. What, you know, what, what were you doing? What kind of shows were being put on? Oh, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, this is going, this is going way back. Um, it's, I started off as an usher. There was a local supper theater close to us. And uh, the wife of the owner came to the scout troop and said, we're looking for ushers. And she came to the scout because she wanted <laughs> an upstanding and upright, <laughs> morally, like, nice people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I fancied one of the girls who was working there at the time. Uh-huh. So I, was like, I was like, ah, okay, I'm going to jump on this one. So, so I went along and I, I started as an usher. Um, and it was, it was very, it was brand new theatre. It was, while it was run by people who were professional, Mm-hmm. It was still like a very much a family uh, business. So it felt kind of small. And the people who I bumped into there, the sound engineer, uh, Ted Laux, also going to give him a, a shout out, and um, uh, and the lighting designer, a guy called um, Dennis Hutchinson, they were people who, they were slightly older. I think they were kind of, I think at the time, probably in their late 30s, early 40s. And they were an introduction to a world of artistic people and, and thinking about things in a more artistic fashion. And, and they kind of also, along with Pretoria Tech, opened doors to the way of thinking, especially uh, Dennis, because he was, you know, his whole thing was light. So he mm-hmm. would talk to me about how we light things, you know. Uh, so my introduction to lighting in photography actually was through the theatre, which is you know, bizarre because it's, 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 it's very different. It's all top down and, and, and what have you. But Dennis talked to me. He, he, he also pulled me up when I talked about a Fresnel lens when it's actually a Fresnel lens. Right. So over the years, you know, I worked, I went from Usher, then I went to follow spot operator. Then I went to, you know, use like a stage man, lighting um, uh, engineer and stuff like that. And it was great because it was something that you saw how people could behave, you saw how people could create an environment, create a mood, feeling, you know, communicate emotion without actually doing anything, if that makes sense. So, so again, you know, it, it was wonderful because these things started to inform the way that I, I took photographs. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just amazed because it strikes me as probably the best training for photography out there is, is to go to work on the tech side for theater. Um, you know, very different than being an actor uh, and, and, and having you know that whole world, which was a completely different set of, of um, needs and expectations. But to understand light, to understand um, in simple logistics. I mean, now as a portrait photographer, you are wrangling people and equipment and situations very much the same way that a stage manager would uh, in the theater. So I, I think, you know, in the future, if anybody wants to get into photography, they need to do an internship, you know, working for some theater. But you then then you went on and, you know, you worked for Graham Bridger Photography for a while, but then you opened Muse Portraits. And 
why not go back to your earliest love, and that's architecture, and start doing street photography or urban landscape or, you know, that? What, what, what about the shift into portraits called to you? Uh, it's, it's bizarre. Who, who knows? Um, obviously, because you, <laughs> I, I'm interested to where you found out about Bridger. <laughs> that's, that's some hardcore um, uh, investigating there, Scott. That's well done. That, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, the, the Bridger, let's call it the Bridger of months because uh, I didn't last there very long. Uh, yeah, that was all school mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so, the, um, yeah, I, basically when I started photography uh, at, at photo school, I, I kind of, I, I felt like I wanted to be a landscape photographer, that that was something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed like solitude. I enjoyed quite, I enjoyed the, the landscape opening up and, and speaking to you, showing you something that nobody else sees. And through the, the, the course of Pretoria, we were required to do a whole bunch of things. So, you know, commercial still life, some architecture, portraiture the only thing we actually we never really did was was family or child portraiture okay. portraiture yeah um yeah portraiture we never did any of that which is bizarre however i i never really wanted to, to take pictures of people i i i was extremely shy as as a as a as a teenager and and that that stayed through with with photography is in so much as when i was when i was actually doing portrait work at photo school because we were required to i would mm-hmm. only photograph people who i knew so if we if we you know when they said you have to go and photograph a famous person for example i i went and photographed somebody who was working at the theater at the time because i went oh well they're doing a kids show on tv so ergo it's a famous person uh, so I kind of sidestepped having to ask somebody I didn't know because I, w- I was painfully shy about oh asking people. And it was only when we got to third year and we were required to do a specialist subject alongside the general portfolio, you had to submit a portfolio of work that was your specialist genre. And I had stopped thinking about landscape mostly because you were required to give a uh, um oh what's the word thesis mm-hmm. you had to write a thesis on landscape photography and at this point i hadn't been introduced to new topographics or anything like that so i was kind of going i don't know what to write so i'll do, I'll do portraiture because then I, I can just write about how i don't like taking people pictures of people <laughs> um, so this is this kind of the confused mind so that's kind of what drew me into portraiture and I left photo school. I, I, I was at this was the point. My my career in the theatre was was doing quite well, so I I stayed with that mostly because it was you know I was locked into it, not locked mm-hmm. up there already. I did do some odd jobs in photography. After after that, I did some work at the theatre, and kind of you know, it feels a bit like the lost years. That I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been at photo school. I'd taken some pictures. I had some uh, talents. I found that I was actually quite—I uh, say quite talented at photography, but unless I had an aptitude for it that I wasn't aware. Okay. Okay. Of. Um, and yeah, I just kind of ended up just drifting into the theatre, and, and photography went on the back burner until started with with Bridger. That's through a friend of mine from photo school. And then I, we moved, I, I moved around, traveled around a bit like that, doing odd jobs, photography here and there. The, I say the usual things, but 
very basic level photography. It's like like what we call grip and grins, you know, so like that right. kind of more, you know, you know, here's an award ceremony, takes pictures of the people getting awards, that sort of thing. So, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And then to cut a very long story short, we ended up moving back to the UK. And this was in 2008 or June 2008, just, just as the financial crash was was happening. And I went, ah, okay, this is not a good time to move to a new country. Um, so I, I went, what is the quickest thing I could do to take make money from photography? And I thought, well, I had been doing magazine work up until that point. I had been doing commercial stuff for people like Universal Music and, you know, uh, you know concert photography, which I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. But I didn't have those contacts here in the UK. So when I need something, I need to hit the ground running. I need money now. And so I, I went back to doing wedding photography for, for ages. I did wedding photography and got, you know, got into a habit. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. And then I started getting burnt out. And that's kind of when I went, do you know what? I, I can't be traveling around all this stuff. Uh, I, I, we wanted to start a family. I said, I can't, I can't do Saturday, Sunday, Friday, driving up and down the country for, for weddings. So I looked around, opened a studio here locally to me. And, and that's kind of where Muse Portraits started. Uh, and I think I was at Muse, well, I say at Muse, I was in that studio for a about 10 years until, because we're not on YouTube, well, we will be on YouTube, but, but I'm, I'm going to say C19. <laughs> Just <Okay>. so, <laughs> so, yes, so, so the, the, the thing that doesn't get named um, mm-hmm. came along. And I'd been on the fence about taking family portraits. I was, I was feeling like I was, I was digging myself into a hole that I didn't really want to be taking pictures of. And that, that enforced time off led me to reconsider what I was doing with photography, with, with my career. And, and I, and I'd, for for years I had been thinking about wanting to pass on my love for, for images, but I'd never been really sure how to do it. And that was kind of when the, the idea of, so the photographic eyes started to, really take hold during those those long walks I was taking by mm-hmm. myself in the woods that I kind of went, if I don't do this, I will never do this. I've been given an opportunity to actually take my foot off the hamster wheel of the studio and focus on something. So that's where that's where you know the the photographic eyes started in, in embryo. Well now, now tell me a little bit more about that because the photographic eye is you know, foundationally different than most other YouTube channels about photography. And you said you wanted to pass on your love for photography, not, you know, your knowledge. And certainly you've got, you know, boatloads of knowledge. But I mean, you want, you pass on enthusiasm, you pass on um, ethics and art history and appreciation, the depth of education that you are passing on about, you know, other photographers in the past or about, you know, current issues is really, really um, impressive, frankly. So, I mean, w- did you know from the beginning that you were carving out a brand new territory for YouTube photo channels? <laughs> um, I, I, I'd like to say yes. I'd like to say that. Well, then, then say yes, I, damn it. I'm going to say yes. Um, there, was, there was a thing. So if we, if we wind the clock back ever so slightly, 
and, and I forget what year it was, but it must have been, I'm trying to think, maybe 2017, somewhere, maybe a bit early, maybe 15. There was a Christmas where I was just absentmindedly browsing YouTube and I came across Ted Forbes in his art photography channel. And uh, I went, oh, wow, this is somebody who's talking about photography in a way that I enjoy. W one of the things that had... Uh, I'm going to say disappointed me was when I started getting into family portraiture that I was bumping into a lot of photographers who had come to photography from another career, IT, mm -hmm. you know, something that they've sort of like, I always want to take pictures. So I'm going to now just, yeah, I'd got a severance pay and I'm going to open a studio. And so there's lots of people that I was meeting who had a very shallow knowledge of I'm gonna say photography with a capital P, right? Mm -hmm. so they you know they knew the, the nuts and the bolts and aperture and all that, you know, how to take pictures and stuff, but they were really focused on how do I sell photographs to people? How do I run a successful studio, et cetera, et cetera. And that that boiled down to just this, you know, here's how you put your packages together. Here's how you price things. And I would go to seminars. I would go to workshop. I was part of a, like a mentorship group for a while. And, and I was talking to people and you'd say, do you know, I was like looking at, um, say some, you know, some, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who's relatively well, Avedon, right? Okay. And, um, and they go, who's, who's, who's Avedon? And you'd be like, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and then you say, and it was like they, the only people they knew about were Ansel Adams, uh, Annie Leibovitz, and and that was kind of it. And I was like, wow, so different, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I thought, not that they would be better photographers if they knew about these people, but I thought, hang on a second, this stuff is not being taught anymore. Obviously, in the inter from, from the nineties through to to that, which was kind of the mid. 2010s it seemed like more and more people were not learning photography again with the, with the capital p and, and i don't mean sort of like you know they went to the store and took it up as a hobby it, it means people who were working as actual photographers didn't know anything about the history and the art and all that kind of stuff and 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 you don't need to know those things to be a photographer that's you know it, it's it would be condescending to suggest otherwise but it did remind, it, it was like, it was almost like a picture that went, hang on, my experience is, I would say it's unique, but it's not as universal as, as I thought it was. You know, growing up, I thought everybody does this. Everybody, if you meet a professional photographer, they will have some sort of encyclopedic knowledge about things, but that's not true. And so I kind of went, oh, maybe I should talk about this. Because I do enjoy talking. I, I love talking about photography. It's, as anybody who's watched the channel will probably have guessed. Mm -hmm. So so that's kind of when I went, okay, do you know what? Yeah, I need to start talking. So so when I saw Ted Forbes and stuff, I was like, ah, oh, okay, kind of cool. This is somebody. And, and I didn't really give it much thought. And I watched most of his back catalogue. And then he started doing stuff about gear. And I was like, I don't really care about the gear. I just, I, I've never been a gearhead specifically. So I was like, well, that's disappointing. And then <laughs> I kind of left it at that, you, you know. And, and so kind of when COVID sort of came along, I, it was kind of, ah, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should, maybe I should take up 
So I'm going to take up that baton, you know, that, that, that cause and talk about photography as an art form, the things that I enjoy talking about, which is the photographers, which is, you know, why, how these things move you, how, you know, how you can get past the nuts and the bolts and, and take what is a technically proficient and yet sometimes soulless art form and inject some passion into it, inject some feeling and emotion and and realize that you can you can push forward things. You know, the, the technical aspect is just a minute part of creating images that have the capacity to to bring us hope and joy and love and, and to move us to tears. Let's take just a quick break. We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, t- tell me where your knowledge of history comes from. You know, does this come out of school? Is this your own reading? Because I'm looking at your recent catalog here. And, you know, the, the one that you've titled Capturing Creative Chaos, the one about Salvador Dali and jumpology mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then the one about, you know, the, the Vogue photographer or the one about Charlize Theron. I mean, th- these are wonderful stories, um, some of which I, I'd never heard before, but they're, they're, they're not sort of surface level, every photographer knows this history. And, and one of the things I keep coming back to your channel for is this sense of contextual and historical depth. Um, is, just, is this just who you are? Are, are you as, you know, are you in the library every Tuesday afternoon cramming <laughs> your head full of, you know, uh, history stories? Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, at the beginning of the talk, I mentioned my father and, and being an explainer and finding stuff out, you know, like mm-hmm. going, Oh, you go like, oh, I don't really know about this or something. And he would go to his set of encyclopedias, you know, and look it up and go, oh, well, it's, it's this. I, I have over the year, a bit like a magpie, I pick up bits here and there and, you know, <laughs> you know and you kind of file them away and, and, mm-hmm. and they come up when they're sort of useful. Uh, and like, so the Chalice Theron story, I was tidying up the other day and, and I found an old stack of, of magazines called Professional Photographer. And I, and I was flicking through it while I was having my lunch. And there was a Vincent Peters thing about, you know, the, the story. And I went, well, I've, I've always liked Vincent Peters' work. And I thought, what an interesting story. I'd never heard it. And so I, I will share that story with, with mm-hmm. people. So that's kind of the basis of that. And, and there's been some people on the comments who have gone, oh, this is all BS. That never really happened. Da, la, la, la. And um, actually, Vincent Peters, his assistant, wrote the comments. He said, um, he said where did you get this from? <laughs> and I said, I said it was in a magazine. So he emailed, we texted Vincent apparently, who confirmed the story. So it was like, okay, right. So it did, did happen. Um, so that's kind of one aspect. The the Salvador Dali, uh, the Dali Atomicus picture by Philippe Halsman. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd been to the Dali Museum in St. Petersburg in Florida, and and seen it there, and seen. I think the contact sheet was there. So I knew that it wasn't like, that it wasn't just like a one and done kind of picture. And so I, I did some research about it and went, that's, that's really cool. 
I love that story. So a lot of this is, is kind of thinking about things that I'm vaguely aware of, doing a bit of research and going, that's a cool story, man. I want to share that with, with people. I, you know, as, as, a, you know, as a younger photographer, I was not aware that Annie Leibovitz was with, you know, that very famous picture of, of John and Yoko was right. taken the same day he was, he was murdered. And, and it's, it's, it's things like that. You, I have, a, there's a stack of books behind me, you know, the photograph, like monographs and what have you. And often a lot of them have a preface or some sort of piece in there, as you, as you no doubt aware, by the photographer themselves. And they will share stories. The, the Eve Arnold story about being in Alexei Brodovich's evening class mm-hmm. and being, taught, being given a grilling, you know, about yep. all these. Yep. And then feeling like she wanted to give up photography because that was such a soul-destroying thing, but yet went back. And then Alexei, you know, went, you know, I, and I'm not even going to attempt an accent, but, you know, went, <laughs> you are not going to do any more of these things because you need to do mm-hmm. more. And it's things like that. I think when you, when, you, when you put those stories in a context and you say, these are not just, you know, the famous photographers, the names that stand out, you may not know the names, but if you see the pictures and you hear about them, then you can take solace, the fact that you know, these people feel the same as you, that they have similar struggles. They, they are not just happy as Larry tripping through the daisies thinking they're all that in a bag of chips. They struggle. And that's, you know, that's kind of, I think when you share those stories, when you share ideas and, and feelings about photographs and you make them accessible, then it just, it helps to inspire people to go off and take images. You know, th- that that is absolutely dead on correct because your channel is inspiring. Um, even for stuff, I mean, your, one of your most recent ones is the Aperture Simplified. Yeah. I know what app I know what aperture is, but yeah. I loved this video. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I loved the enthusiasm. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, you're confirming a bunch of stuff I know, but it was simply inspiring for me to sort of, you know, put that idea back up, you know, a little bit more front. Your bit on, on um, lens choices, you know, and these are two, you know, sort of gearish things. Yeah. Um, but when you start talking about the wide angle lens as the teenager, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I love my wide angle lens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, does that mean I'm immature? What the hell? You know, it's so it's. Um, I feel you know politely and collegially challenged um, by the stuff that you put out there. The same way that if we were sitting around in a bar after some event, you know, we're having a drink and we're talking about photography, you're going to say, ah, you know, the, 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 you know, these lenses are this, and I'm going to say, real, we'll have a conversation. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, saying, I, I'm always mindful. That there needs to be a balance. That there are, you know, people are coming to photography at, at very different stages in their lives. Some people have a a knowledge that goes back decades, and some people just picked up a camera last week. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm trying to find a, a happy medium where I can say, yes, okay, here's aperture in a way that, yeah. Is, is accessible for people who are new to photography, but also isn't, let's say, babying people who do know what aperture is. So it's kind of, the, I, I sort of see those sort of videos that, that touch on more basic concepts, you know, lens choices and, and things of that nature. A is a bit of entertainment because it's always fun mm-hmm. to 
it's, it's fun to revisit basics sometimes and just kind of go, do you know what? Actually, that's cool. And you discover things also within yourself. You know, they say the best way to, to learn is, is to teach. And, you know, so it's a way of saying, look, here is a community that you can get behind, that you can come and join, that we're not highbrow. We're not, you know, I have books. I have like John Berger's, you know, um, oh, I totally forget the name, but you know, also um, Susan Sontag and, you know, all these kind of very academic books about photography that often people will lean into and go, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, um, you know some photograph today. And and you'll find that you know the the ratio of exposures and and things like that that well, that's carefully considered and they've done this to make sure that this area and it's like okay that's just a snooze fest right that when you talk about photography in the, in a very precise very academic sort of way and, and and that's why I've been mindful of like I want to avoid that I want to get people just to look at pictures and go wow that's awesome man I dig that picture right? How they got to it and stuff, you can say, oh, it's, it's simple. It's this, it's that next thing. And if you just kind of, if you don't, yeah, if you don't kind of just sit and make it very earnest, then I think that's what people respond to because you're making it accessible for everybody. You're not putting a gate up in the way. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm, I am impressed. I think this is just fantastic work. Let me ask you about a couple specific uh, videos. And, and I should tell everybody, Alex's work is, is not only on his own channel. Um, if, if you do just a little bit of digging, you know, you'll find his conversations with other critics uh, on a channel called The Crit House. Um, you will find all sorts of, of his thinking not, not not only explaining, but thinking about photography um, in really, really engaging ways. One that I want to talk about from your own channel, though, um, is, you know, it's just a boy and a cat, um, which, you know, <laughs> the, the, the subtitle, you know, you know, why does the web think this is a powerful yeah. image? And I loved this one because it takes up a question that most of us struggle with and come up with new answers every 25 minutes. You know, why is this image any good. Um, what, what the hell does good mean? So talk to me about this particular image, but, but put it in the context, you know, if you would have, who do you think's watching your channel? Who, who are you making these videos for? Ultimately, I'm making them for myself. I, I think that's kind of the, the short answer to that. Mm -hmm. it, it's the, it, it comes back to the thing is like, I'm, I'm lucky. It, it's bad advice for most YouTubers, most content creators to you know, just make videos that you want to watch. Um, but I think given my background and that there was a, a, a gap in the market, it was, it was a hat. It was, it was, it was timely that I'm making videos that I want to watch. Uh, and, and other people responded to that. The, there are times when I kind of experiment with, with ideas that go beyond, you know, so let's say the core audience sort of things. Cause, cause one of the things, you know, that I'd like to obviously reach more people, and sometimes you need to cast the wet, the, the, wet, the, the net a little bit wider. And that was the, the logic behind that image about the powerful photographs, because it's, it's something, you know, it's something people could get behind, but it's also raises into to question what is a good photo, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it came from a Reddit post that, uh, that a guy helps me out with the channel when we talk about, ideas for videos 
um, he said, oh, have you seen this? And it was a, it was a post where you know, people were putting their most powerful images and none of them, well, I say none of them, very few of them were images that you could say in the, in the history of photography at the, at the standout photographs. They were photographs that appealed more to an emotional aspect of, of things. You know, there was, it was the story behind them that made them powerful. Right. That was kind of the, the thing that like with the boy and his cat, uh, and if, if people have not seen it, I'm, I'm sure we can find a, a picture of it, but I'll expect also people on, on a, on podcasts, you know, a picture. It, it's a picture of a, of a little lad, I think playing a flute or something with a mm-hmm. tiny kitten yep. looking up in, in profile. Uh, and people are like, oh, cute. oh, so sweet. Right. And people going, that's, you know, and it, and it's, and I was accused by some people in the comments of being overly earnest about photography or, you know, I, I was a photo snob, I think it was kind of one of the words. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that boils down to, it's like, it's yes, there, there's two aspects when you look at a photograph, there, there are technical aspects and there are things that you kind of go, I appreciate that as a photograph. You know, but then there are also the the, the 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 emotions to it. There was in that other in that video. There's a picture of a firefighter in Australia giving mm-hmm. a bottle of water to koala. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I was given some stick over that one because they said that you're so heartless because you were like it's just a koala and sort of things. It was more, it was a bit of a throwaway comment, I think, that I, I'd mentioned about that. But it was kind of you know, but. Then you sort of, you come back and you think about it. I think, well, of course, I'm looking at this from the wrong, I was looking at it at the time through the wrong lens. The lens, I was wearing a photographer's hat as opposed to the the consumer of the image hat. And that photograph sums up, it is a powerful thing. It is a, 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 a an image that, that strikes, you know, strikes deep into our, our, our hearts about, how things are changing and, and, and the, you know, the, the tragedies that, that surround us, but on, as a photograph, it's, it's not that great. And You're absolutely was, right. Yeah. But, but it, it, it and I, I think maybe that's kind of where you start. <laughs> there, there are occasionally videos where I, the idea would probably be better served as a conversation. Well, I think it is a conversation. I, I think you you are inviting us, you know, silently, if there's such a thing as a silent partner in a conversation, but you you are explaining the process of your thinking. You're explaining the process of your aesthetic vision. And we are not very good um, as, as a community in explaining the difference between competent, good, and great. It, it is certainly a competent photograph. It's a good photograph. It is not great. And, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's going to touch all sorts of people's hearts, you know, but so is a big eyed, you know, kitty on, on you know, on a portrait. Um, that emotional heartstring being pulled is a lovely first step. It's certainly not the last step uh, in uh, trying to think about the power of photography. One other image or one other video that I, that I want to talk about. You posted only three days ago. It's already got 40,000 views. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, th- th- this is about the DP review event that just happened. And, and I'm sure by the time this podcast airs, most people will know about it. So you might want to recap it, you know, very briefly. But why did you feel the need to come out um, and basically put an editorial in, into the world about your views of what just happened there, which I agree is a tragedy? I I woke up, as I explained in the video, 
um, that morning, and there was a, a video by Tony Northrup, you know, from, uh, mm-hmm. from yep. Tony. What, what is that? It's Chelsea and Tony. I forget the actual name of their, their channel. And and it, there was a thing that, you know, he said it, it, something struck me about it because it looked different to what they normally do. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll watch this. And I watched it, and, and, and I thought, now, I have to hold my hand up. I don't really use DP Review at all. But it does, as I mentioned in my video, it surfaces a lot when I'm researching ideas for videos and, and things like that. Often somebody will have mentioned something. So it, 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 it's there, you know, in, in the background the whole time. And I, I watched it and I thought, well, first of all, I, I actually, I, for once when there is a, a news, breaking news kind of thing within the photographic community, I have something to say. Often it's mm-hmm. about lenses or, you know, uh, you know, Canon, I can't, you know, Canon's lost the plot or this or Instagram hates us or whatever. I'm not really that fussed about things. But this was something that I, I watched Tony talk about it and I thought, hang on, I've got, I have something to say about this. So I sat down, I went, okay, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it now. So literally I dropped my son off at school, came home, sat down in front of the camera and I just recorded. And... It was a, a bit of a, uh, it's not me venting, it's not me ranting, but it, it comes to the heart of why I started the photographic eye in the first place, is that there are people out there who have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience that does not have a platform to be shared. I am, I am under no illusions that I am extremely lucky that through the, the efforts that I've made, the photographic eye has a an audience. But there are mm-hmm. many people, either they're not interested in YouTube, they don't want to do this kind of thing, but they have valuable knowledge, insights, passion to share. And for a lot of them, DP Review was a place where they shared that. And we all benefited as a community from at least having the information there to 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 be accessible if you wanted it and i i get it that there are businesses and you know people buy a buy a you know uh, you know they buy an asset and maybe if that asset doesn't perform they you know, they sell it on or they do something with it and i just thought it is an act of callousness to say that 25 years, and I think, I, I don't know if these numbers are correct, but somewhere I've seen it, it's like, there's like three and a half million posts on that, you know, on that, that database mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. just going to be discarded because there was a number at the bottom of a, of a sheet of figures that didn't match up with what it should be. And, and that, that's what really irked me was the, the fact that they want to just get rid of all this stuff. That it's like you, and I, 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 I use the, I use the, the comparison between the library of Alexandria, right. um, you know, being, being Burton and stuff. And, and, and it's possibly a bit of hyperbole, but, but it feels like that. It feels like, you know, that we, we, it is so hard to make this stuff accessible. And yet a company is just going to chuck something away like it, like it's completely worthless. And, and that, so that makes me angry. It, it makes me very upset that, that, you know, that, that just basically it's, it's like, it's just binned without any thought. One of the things I appreciate, and, and you know, 
I heard the story. I, I, I watched, you know, um, the, the review or, or the original article. To, um, mm. You have a platform and you are articulate and, and you are informed. And, and so I love the way, you know, your commentary really helped me get my head around, you know, where, where this anger comes from. Because, you know, like you, I don't use DP review a lot, but I have used it. I have been there when I've had questions. And so I really appreciate you bringing the talents and the platform that you've got to the conversation among photographers about photography, much more than um, just, you know, answering a question. The make a little turn here, though. There is a part in, in my photographic life which I am not only terrible at, I am profoundly terrible at, uh, and that's portraits. Um, I, I, I have no understanding um, of, of how to really engage in, in the portrait process as well. So you can guess where I'm really spending time these days, and that's watching your portrait videos. Not only the one, you know, about never post before, but you have a brand new... Um, you know, a brand new channel on YouTube. I, I that do, portrait, yeah. Pho- yeah, that portrait photography channel. It has three whole videos on it, and I love everyone. I mean, I got to tell you, man, I'm studying these videos, um, and and so tell me why. First of all, you, you didn't just incorporate this in the photographic eye. Why you decided to do a new channel, and and what's the future here? Where are you going with this? Uh, I'm going all over the place. <laughs> um, okay, so the reason it's not on on the photographic eye is that I wanted to talk a little a little bit more about the technical side of things, mm-hmm. about how to use light, and yeah, you know, and it it felt like it wasn't necessarily a it wasn't a a good fit for what I talk about with on on the photographic eye. Uh, so so I thought, well, if I start a new channel. Then I can. The focus can be exclusively on portraiture because I'm also very aware that you know not everybody is into portraiture, and certainly not into studio portraiture. Right. So if, I, if I do something separate, it gives it gives me a little bit more focus on what I want to talk about and and introduce. Yeah, you know, same again, like sharing some of the you know some of the things I've I've learned over the years. And you you mentioned that you know watching about confidence, you know, giving a model confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I start. I wanted to just try something new, and and I've I've got the uh, the videos up in front of me on the on the screen here, and and you know and the response has been very good. YouTube has, has picked it up because I can see the views have started jumping up, and people have been like, "Wow, thank you for sharing this." So I'm trying to bring the the ideas that I've brought to let's say the aesthetic approach of photography on the TPE to the, the the portrait channel that you know basically being a guide saying look if you want to try portraiture then let's make it simple and you may you may have noticed with the, the these three videos that that uh, that you have have watched they're all one light right right and they are also uh, a, a very uh, it's, it's very basic softbox it's a very basic strobe head and and they're really just they're they're dead simple, and that's kind of what I want people to to get it is that this doesn't need to be scary. Also, it, it's it's photographed in in a spare bedroom in my house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, 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 I think there's a lot of problems with photography that, that that people say you need expensive stuff, you need to do this, you need to do that to get certain results. And okay, gear matters if you need that gear to do a certain thing. But for a lot of people, just to turn out 
images that are of a certain standard, you don't need very much. And that's kind of, that's, so I thought, you know, it'd be fun to do the portrait because, because something, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I was super shy, like painfully shy about taking portraits of, of people. And over the years I have learned to overcome that to the point now where I am actually, I, I surprise myself sometimes, <laughs> like, how, <laughs> like how, <laughs> how conversational I am with people. But it, it and, and so I just sort of sit there and go, it's a shame that I missed out on a lot of things when I was younger because I was shy and I was being shy for no specific reason other than I didn't know there was a way that I could get over it. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I want to, to bring to people. I, I would never have used the word shy. Um, <laughs> having having o- only seen you on, on YouTube, um, I, I would never have used that word for you. The... The, and, and I want to go back to the, the portrait photography channel. You know, every single one of us, no matter what kind of photography we're into, somebody comes up to us and says, by the way, will you take my picture for whatever? You've got one light. I have just a little speed light. That's all I own. But the, the way you moved that one light around taught me how to position people in front of a window for natural light. Um, the, little, the little bit about accentuating collarbones not even in my head to begin with. And I thought, <laughs> oh, cool. I can, I can, I see how to do that. But the genius of this is that you're not a talking head. This is an in-process. We see it going on. We see the model posing. We see your um, conversation with her. It is an approach, much, much like the other channel, much like the Photographic Eye, that is respectful of, of you know the viewer's knowledge but also enthusiastic and informative i mean man you've you've got a way of infecting enthusiasm into everything that you're doing it is impressive work i hope that the portrait photography channel skyrockets i know i'm going to be a subscriber i am a subscriber i shouldn't say going to be yeah. um <laughs> And the photographic eye man I, I am there with every single post tell me what else you're working on uh i Clearing up the garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there is. I am putting. I've just finished the first cohort that I've I've run. So this is where I, I took thirty students. Mm-hmm. And we had a six week course of of doing one to one set. Well, not one to one, but a group. You know, group chat once a week, setting them as assignments, basically just helping them reset their their vision or discover their vision again, in photography, these are, you know, the, the educational space in photography is, is a wash with, this is how you set your aperture. This is your shutter speed. This is this, this is how right. to images in Lyrium. But there is once again, a, I think there is a huge gap in the, in the intangibles that really make a photograph sing. You, you know, the technical aspects can be, you know, they, you can learn them in a, in a day. Making your photograph move somebody, making your photograph match with the vision that you have inside your head, those are are harder things to to find guidance on. So that's kind of so I've just finished that 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 cohort and and the response again with those guys has been outstanding. I, I, the, the, you know, the, not just from them listening to me waffle on <laughs> for, for three hours on Sunday, <laughs> but within themselves, within as a community, as a small group, that they have been supportive, that they have been um, nurturing and encouraging of each other. 
much like that group of long-haired slack students did in 1992 <laughs> you know we talked about photography and and we were we were harsh on each other you know make no bones about that there is you have no everybody who complains they get a hard time when people say they don't like their pictures online has never sat in a critique room with your fellow students mm-hmm. being hauled over the coals you know that 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a, that is a that is a, a you know that the crucible that where where people are forged in steel that yeah but but is that 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 supportive aspect of things so I'm looking to develop that I will run these cohorts a, a couple of times a year it is it's it it is I think it's it's a it's a it's an eye opening experience both for 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 newer photographers but also for you know, people who have established ways, you know, because they're, they're, be, they're being forced to reconsider a lot of things that are some often beyond their, their comfort zone. So that's kind of, so that's where, where we are with, um, with a, this, this cohort is, yeah, just encouraging people to, to start leaning into their own vision, their way of seeing the world and, and, and giving them the tools to, to help, you know, express that. I love that. And, and you used the phrase just a, just a second ago of resetting their vision. That's what you've been doing for me, man, you know, with, with the photographic eye and now that por- uh, phot- portrait photography channel. Every video, it just sort of resets like, okay, here we go, get kids. Let, let's, let's make some art. Thank you, sir. Th- this has been a thrilling and, and wonderful conversation. Scott, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I, it's, you know, thank you. And, and thank you to everybody who's listening to this as well. It's, you know, the, the reason that I'm here is because of, of you all. You know, <laughs> without, without you, I am just, <laughs> just a, a, a bloke sitting in a tiny room talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's been a wonderful journey, and I'm, I'm pleased that it has, has had been such a positive influence on, on so many people. Well, thank you again. Frames, because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.